tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's August 30th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the Biden White House announced yesterday a notable change to the way that America pays for its prescription drugs. We'll talk about how that could impact not just your body, but your pocketbook, too. Second, more alarming news out of the Pacific Northwest, folks, related to illegal drug policies. Yesterday, we discussed Oregon, but today, it's Washington State, and this time, it is related to marijuana. We'll talk about how researchers there have identified some new risks to that very old plant. Third, a senior U.S. official is in China seeking to grow our commercial relationship with Beijing. Meanwhile, the Chinese, they are seeking to lock up more people in concentration camps. Oh, dear. So we'll talk about those two pieces of news in a little bit. Later, we close out the podcast with an update to a previous listener's question about parental rights and trans kids, all in the state of California. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning, which today will be about prescription drugs and your pocketbook. But I'll tell you, before we begin, a note to all my listeners in Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina, Our prayers are with you as you all face that very nasty hurricane headed your way, expected, I believe, to make landfall at some point later this afternoon, near Tampa, I think, then heading north and east into Georgia and South Carolina. So, folks, it looks to be a very nasty one. Please do take care and just know we are all pulling for you and praying for you. With that, let's get started with our first report. Some critical news out of Washington, D.C., folks, that will likely impact your body and your pocketbook. And that is because the Biden White House announced yesterday that for the first time, Medicare will begin negotiating for better deals for prescription drugs. And I'll tell you, just stepping back for a moment, this is very important because of this. Medicare, that costs this country around $750 billion a year, which is about 12% of our national budget. And those numbers are growing with the expectation that they are going to push our national debt well beyond the record-breaking $32 trillion that we already have. So pushing down costs for Medicare, that is arguably an existential goal, certainly very important. So that is why the Biden White House announced yesterday that the U.S. government will begin negotiations with drug companies to secure discounts on 10 prescription drugs. Now, the hope is that by focusing on these first 10 drugs, which, by the way, are the most prescribed in the Medicare program, that will push down their $50 billion annual price tag. Now, I should note that other U.S. agencies and departments can already do this, negotiate with drug companies. For instance, the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs can do it, but not Medicare. They have historically not been allowed to do so. But that changed with a law that was passed last summer, passed, of course, against the wishes of the pharmaceutical industry, as you would probably expect. And speaking of, they are not happy with this law or yesterday's announcement. 
They are, in fact, suing to stop the whole deal, filing lawsuits over the past three or four months. And that is ultimately because these drug companies are arguing that the law is unconstitutional. They cite a number of alleged violations of the amendments of the Constitution, all to bolster their legal claims. But the federal government is saying, well, that's a bunch of hogwash. And, of course, that the Constitution uh, certainly allows negotiations between the federal government with drug companies over pricing. Well, either way, we are going to probably see the rulings to that big old debate over the next six months. But if the law is ultimately upheld in court, it will be a big deal for both the U.S. government and taxpayers. Because this negotiation program does not just start and stop with these first 10 drugs. Starting in the year 2025, another 15 will be up for price negotiations. And then in 2026, another 20 on top of that. And that is why supporters of the law say that, well, we ought to do it because it's going to save taxpayers upwards of $25 billion a year when it is fully ramped up or around $100 billion over 10 years. Now, for folks who use Medicare to get their prescription drugs or have a Medicare policy, you might be wondering, how will this impact you? Well, the answer is a little bit squishy. It might lower premiums and some expenses, but the main advantage of this law is lowering the overall Medicare budget. So those are the facts and data this morning. Let's now pivot to my brief analysis and opinion with a question. How much should a pharmaceutical company profit from their drugs? Well, some folks say a lot or however much those companies want. And that is because, in part, they use their profits to invest in new drugs like the Moonshot program to find cures for cancer. Other folks say that that is absolutely absurd because companies like Pfizer and Merck and Eli Lilly, they are all for-profit companies that seek to maximize profits for their shareholders. And they're not going to be motivated by some you know, big-hearted concern about, say, a cure for cancer. Well, either way, wherever you fall on that debate, it does make sense, at least to me, that there should be some limitation or negotiation involved in these purchases, just like the Veterans Affairs already has. Because as much as I'm a capitalist, I'm also a man who cares about government spending. And we've got to rein that in, folks, from Medicare to foreign wars in Ukraine. Now, that is going to be a very painful process. You know, tightening our fiscal belt, it means that we are all going to have to give up something that we really like, such as profits if we are a drug company. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning. Yesterday, we discussed Oregon and their legalization of hard drugs, and I shared how that has absolutely devastated the Beaver State with skyrocketing deaths and crime and homelessness resulting from it either directly or indirectly. Well, today we head north of Oregon to Washington State, one of the earliest adopters of legalizing drugs, specifically weed or marijuana. Now, before we learn what is happening to marijuana users in Washington state, let's actually refresh our memories about the brief that I gave you back on May 9th. It was a report about a pretty shocking discovery in the country of Denmark, with researchers there publishing data on the health records of 6 million people in that country over a 50-year period looking at marijuana use. And what they found was that 30% of the country's cases of schizophrenia, especially amongst younger men, well, they were caused by their heavy use of marijuana. And we talked about that as it related to marijuana use in the United States. And that's because more and more states are legalizing this stuff. 
with Delaware becoming the 22nd state just this past spring legalizing it. Then there are another 15 states who allow it for medical use and four more who are considering it. And that definitely means that we should pay very special attention to whatever is happening in Washington state because, as listeners might know, they, along with the state of Colorado, became the first states to legalize recreational use of marijuana back in the year 2012. And that takes us to the year 2023. A study out yesterday from officials in Washington state found that they have seen an increase in something that is called cannabis use disorder. In fact, they are calling it a very common affliction of a lot of users, both recreational and medical. So here's what we know. Researchers looked at 1,500 patients in the Kaiser Permanente medical system, and they asked them about their confirmed marijuana use. And what they found was an elevated number of users who developed this cannabis use disorder, or CUD, which includes things like using more than they would like or being unable to quit, um, skipping out on social functions or time with family, also that they can use weed and so forth. In other words, this is the behavior of addicts. Now, interestingly, the data show that this increasing CUD diagnosis, it's true for not only recreational users, but also for medicinal users, too. Now, as one doctor cautioned, quote, though many people can use cannabis without becoming addicted, the rates of CUD seen in this study and others highlight a very clear need for a better understanding of who is at greatest risk of CUD, as well as better education for the public and healthcare providers on how to identify and treat it, end quote. So those are the continuing facts and data that we are learning on both the recreational and medicinal use of marijuana. Let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. So first, I confess that I am still educating myself about the benefits and costs of marijuana use, although I would say at present, I'm a bit skeptical of the benefits based on some research that I've seen that suggests that, well, using marijuana, at least for the medicinal side of things, there's a placebo effect, right? It's not the actual plant itself doing much of anything. I've, uh, by the way, flagged the research for that in the transcript for those who are interested. But second, stepping back for a moment and just reflecting on marijuana and drug use in general, this latest news out of Washington State reminds me of a teacher of mine in high school because every Friday as we were about to head off into the weekends of our youth, he would say to us, kids, have fun, but remember, don't abuse your bodies. Good luck. <laughs> Mr. Gary Bush was his name, if memory serves. At any rate, his point to all of us every Friday was that we ought to treat our bodies like a temple to take great care of what we put in it or on it. Because you've only got one vessel in life, and once you screw it up, you're in trouble. So as ever, my counsel to folks who ask is this. Look, it's your body, your risk, your choice. But what seems to be the growing story of facts and data on this issue is that the risk is not small with long-term or medium-to-heavy use of marijuana. And that suggests, folks, that these drugs were probably illegal for a good reason, and that no matter our good intentions or the experiments to perhaps legalize and tax and treat addicts, it's just not working out. Now, we will see if that remains true as more studies come in over the next number of years, but for now, I would suggest that we all keep in mind the wisdom of good old Mr. Gary Bush, pretty wise counsel from a wise teacher. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. 
for subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com. As ever, no ads for you. Instead, your podcast gets delivered to you each day in your email, along with transcripts to the hyperlinks of all the facts and data that I've presented today. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, thank you so much and enjoy the following messages, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I don't endorse it. We'll be right back. Hurricane season is upon us with a Dahlia on its way, and the time to prepare, folks, is right now. And to be prepared, you ought to order emergency food kits from 4Patriots.com. Their long-lasting and tasty food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. And that is because, ladies and gentlemen, 4Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the United States. They last for upwards of 25 years, and they include a wide variety of breakfasts and lunches and dinners. Plus, they are backed by over a thousand five-star customer reviews. But I should say that 4Patriots, they are ready for you even after hurricane season. You can use 4Patriots survival foods after, say, a temporary power outage or crazy people rioting or in a few months, a winter blizzard. But I'll tell you, if you've got 4Patriots sitting on your shelf, none of that matters. You are ready for whatever comes your way. And right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com and use a great promo code, right? And you will get 10% off your first order. So go to 4Patriots.com. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. Use that promo code of right, W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get 10% off your first order. Again, that is 4Patriots.com, and go there today. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards international news. A senior U.S. official is in China this week with the express goal of trying to grow our commercial relationship with Beijing. But I'll tell you, as that U.S. official arrived late last week, a Chinese official, actually the president of China himself, actually, he was wrapping up a trip where he insisted that more of his citizens be locked up in concentration camps. So we are going to talk about both of those pieces of news, starting with President Xi of China and his visit to the Xinjiang region of that country. Now, to refresh our memories, we have talked a lot about this area. If you have a map, you will see that it is located in the northwest region of China, and that area is home to a large group of people called the Uyghurs. Now, they are different than most people in China, especially in the eastern part of that nation. The Uyghurs look different, their culture is different, their history is different, and critically, their religion is different. They are largely a Muslim people compared to the rest of the largely atheist China. And all those differences have led to, well, uprisings and revolutions over the decades, and that has led Beijing to clamp down on this group of people, putting over a million of them in concentration camps to re-educate them, as Beijing says, about how wonderful it is to be Chinese. Well, Beijing also puts these folks to work in these camps, again, 400 in total, actually, forcing the Uyghurs to, well, go out into the cotton fields and pick cotton. Uh, also, garment factories, they create your clothes and even Christmas decorations. Or, as you all know, they are involved in a dirty green solar panel supply chain. We covered that back on August 14th. Well, over the weekend, President Xi made a rare trip to this region of Uyghurs, only the second time he's been out there since he built these 400 concentration camps. And while he was there, he told local communist officials to, quote, more deeply promote the Chinese control of Islam and more effectively control illegal religious activities, 
end quote. He added that the hard-won stability of the region was at risk if they did not. So as Mr. Xi was wrapping up his visit with his renewed call for more control of the Uyghurs and ultimately more concentration camp victims, a plane landed in Beijing from Washington, D.C. Inside was U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, who traveled there to promote economic ties between China and the U.S. She said she was going there because it was, quote, profoundly important for the two countries to have a stable economic relationship, end quote. And to do so, she offered up a few ideas. She suggested that more Chinese people should travel to the United States. That would be one way to strengthen the relationship. Also, beauty products. Those were important, she said. She highlighted some American makeup that Chinese gals might want to buy. Although I don't want to be a bigot, Chinese men, y'all can buy those too. At the same time as she was trying to encourage trade, tourism, and makeup, she defended the Biden administration's efforts to clamp down on this economic relationship when it has limited the sale of things like advanced computer chips or prevented investments in certain Chinese sectors like AI and quantum infrastructure. So putting these two things together, ladies and gentlemen, I think we have a very interesting story. And to do that, to talk about that, let me now pivot to my analysis and opinion. So as this meeting got underway between Chinese officials in Beijing, there was a report that was released showing that China and its companies were evading U.S. tariffs, all by moving their operations out of China and to Southeast Asia and most especially to Mexico. And that is confirmation of reports that I have shared with you over the summer, especially that Mexico-China connection with the last brief on July 25th, talking all about that if you happen to have missed it. But the bottom line is this, ladies and gentlemen, as we are encouraging trade with China, from tourism to Mary Kay lipstick, Beijing is doing whatever it wants. And the timing of this trip was just incredible. President Xi is pushing the expansion of concentration camps right as a D.C. bureaucrat landed. And I suspect that he did that. He timed that only second trip to Shenzhen on purpose, all to send D.C. a message that they're not backing down. They're doing whatever they want. Although I should say, as it turns out, you don't want to back down either. Reuters News Service released a poll last week showing that a bipartisan majority of Americans favor more tariffs on Chinese goods. And you believe that the United States ought to step up its preparations for military threats from Beijing. If I could put some numbers to that. 66% of Americans want a tougher line with China, with 58% of Democrats saying so, and 81% of Republicans. So what I hope is that as our politicians fly back and forth to Beijing, they frankly start listening to the bipartisan voice that is coming from America. And ultimately, what it means that if these politicians reject that voice that you all are using in unison, well, we need some change. We need someone in the White House who understands that communism is evil, Beijing is not going to change, and we are tired of being kicked around. So what we need to do is stiffen the spine, slap on some tariffs, and I am so very sorry to America's uh, cosmetic companies, you are going to have to sell your lipstick to somebody else. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I have something good to tell you about. It's called Wacker Coffee Company. Yeah, funny name, great coffee. Although I should not say funny name. 
Tim Wacker is the guy who owns this incredible coffee company, and he is as great as his coffee. He is a former United States Marine, although never really a former, always United States Marine. Wonderful family man, and let me tell you, he's a guy with a passion for roasting coffee. In fact, his company's motto is this, we empower coffee beans to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, now that is a guy and a Marine who is serious about his coffee, and it is seriously good. Wacker Coffee Company has six different roasts to include a decaf option for all of you crazy people, which I got to tell you, all of these roasts are worth every penny. So go to WackerCoffeeCo.com. That is WackerCoffeeCo.com and enter promo code WRITEREPORT and you are going to get 10% off. Ladies and gentlemen, go to Wacker, that is W-A-C-K-E-R, CoffeeCo.com. Buy this stuff. It is so good. And buy it today. Folks, if there were ever a product that you should consider, man, this is it. Jace Medical. They provide an emergency supply of prescriptions and antibiotics. And here's why you should consider them. As listeners know, I have spoken about how China and India control most of our prescription drugs, including antibiotics. Well, what happens if a war should break out over, say, Taiwan or maybe a pandemic again? Well, we all know what happens. Our supplies of critical products get interrupted, and that is not acceptable if your life depends on it. So that is why I am proud to tell you about JaceMedical.com. And here's how it works. You fill out a simple form at jasemedical.com. Then you speak with a board-certified physician. And within days, your order arrives at your home for emergency use. And I'll tell you, it, this is not for casual use, folks. Talk to your normal doctors for sniffles and such. This is for emergency use with potency lasting for years should the worst ever come. So, friends, go to jacemedical.com, enter promo code right. that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get a discounted order. Again, that is promo code right at jasemedical.com. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is an update to a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. So back on August 9th, Jason from Culpeper, Virginia, wrote in about news from Chino, California. To refresh our memories, a school district in that city passed a rule this summer that said if a child decides to use a new name or a pronoun that is different than is what is on their legal forms, well, their parents have to be notified. In other words, Chino school officials believe that if a child identifies as transgender at school, teachers have to talk to the parents about it. Well, California's Attorney General Rob Bonta and his fellow Democrats who run the state were absolutely outraged by this idea of parental consent. He and other leaders of California said that such a policy of talking to parents about their kids, that is bad in this case because it might out a child as either gay or trans when their parents would otherwise not approve. And that outing the child, as the Attorney General said, quote, that leaves children vulnerable to harassment and potential abuse from family members unaccepting of their gender identity, end quote. Well, we have an update to this story that I presented to you earlier this month. The Attorney General of California has now moved beyond his outrage and concern to a lawsuit. 
As announced yesterday, Mr. Bonta is now suing the school district in Chino to stop their new rule of notifying parents about their children's well-being. He is calling this rule a forced outing of transgender students, and he says it violates their civil rights. He added that he is going to seek a court order to immediately halt the policy in Chino from taking effect. So that is the update with the latest facts and data out of California on this one. If I might offer you my analysis and opinion, and I do so with great respect as ever on social issues, I'd like to offer you this. The fundamental question is whether kids belong to their parents or the state. Now, the answer to that historically was that absent a clear sign of physical or sexual abuse, this country should give parents wide latitude to raise their children as they would like, including based on their own religious views. But what's clearly happening, I think, is that Mr. Bonta and his party are trying to end that foundational sort of societal understanding. They want to remove the rights of parents and put those authorities under the control of the state. But what history has shown us, including in places like communist China, is that doing so ends up in absolute societal chaos, even death, certainly tyranny, or stuff like this. There is an activist group called the Transition Closet. It operates in some U.S. school districts, and here's what they do. They work with teachers to set up a special closet where kids who are apparently curious about their bodies and being transgender, they are told to go into a secret closet to disrobe, and then change into opposite gender clothes. Then at the end of the day, they can change back into their normal clothes that their parents put them in. But here's the thing. Teachers are not allowed to tell the parents about this experiment that they conducted with their child. Now, granted, I don't have children, but to me, this idea of a transition closet and parents not knowing what teachers are doing with their kids It's really weird, and it's kind of gross, and it opens the door to grooming, right, ideological or otherwise, because to me, this kind of stuff just fits the definition of grooming to a T. But I'd also remind us of this, folks. Kids who identify as transgender or non-binary are six times more likely to have autism. That was based on some analysis shared with us by the National Public Radio. So the bottom line then, putting it all together, is this. The state of California, and others who share this belief, they are saying that parents shouldn't have control over their kids, including kids, and especially kids, that data suggests are struggling with a mental or emotional disorder like autism. And I tell you, that makes no sense to me. At best, and if we are being charitable, it is a misguided attempt to protect children. At worst, It is part of some sort of ideological cult, a pattern of grooming vulnerable children or even disabled kids. And that should make us all deeply concerned, no matter our politics. Folks, if you would like me to answer one of your questions on the podcast, it's easy to do. Either donate via my Stripe account, which you will find in a link in the show notes. Just make sure you leave an email and I'll be in touch. Otherwise, go to writereport.substack.com, you'll sign up, and at the bottom of each day's Substack post, you can leave a comment or ask me a question. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. 
Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.